back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spratt, a writer for FootballOutsiders.com. It's the Friday leading into the Week 4 games. I'm energized coming off that exciting Jets-Broncos Thursday night football game, and we have a lot of great DFS values to discuss. So let's get that started. I'm actually going to get it started the same way I did last week, talking about Mike Davis running back for the Carolina Panthers. Last week, I thought it might be the case that I was a little bit out on the limb advocating for him as such a great value, but this week, I'm frankly shocked that he's only $5,700 in DraftKings and $2,100 in FanDuel. I think he's a tremendous value, more than $2,000 surplus in both formats. One, he's at home. Two, he's playing the Cardinals, who are the number one booster of running back receiving yards per target and receiving touchdowns per target. But more importantly, he looks like more or less a full workload substitute for Christian McCaffrey. The last two weeks, he has 17 total targets. That's a 25% target share that's top two among running backs in football, and he didn't even play all of week two. And he was getting the majority of the running back carries as well. His backup, Reggie Bonifon, got just two carries last week. And while Curtis Samuel got four, Samuel has been taking those type of end-around jet sweep type of runs all season. So I think that's something that's it doesn't really have anything to do with how much Mike Davis is on the field and playing. Meanwhile, I think Davis is probably going to be the major touchdown scorer with McCaffrey out. He has the right build for it. And while the Panthers didn't get very close to the goal line last week, Uh, Davis did take a carry at the 10-yard line and the 8-yard line. He took the two carries that were closest to the goal line for the team on Sunday. So once again, Davis is one of the players that I'm building my lineups around. I definitely advocate you using him uh, in both DraftKings and FanDuel. In the meanwhile, if you want to reach a little bit deeper... I think Hunter Renfro of the Las Vegas Raiders is a tremendous value this week, more than a $1,000 surplus in both formats. Uh, He is also at home. He's playing a much tougher defense here, playing the Buffalo Bills. They're actually a very effective defense in guarding slot receivers with their excellent coverage linebackers and safeties. They're a top 10 reducer of yards per target and touchdowns per target to the position. So it's not necessarily a matchup uh, here, but... I think the real situation is that he is just going to get a lot more workload with both Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards set to miss this game. Uh, They missed last week, or I think Edwards got knocked out and Ruggs ended up missing the entire game. And while they were out, Renfro jumped up to a 28.1% target share for the week, which was top eight among all wide receivers. So with Renfro poised to effectively be the number one receiver for the team, I think he's probably just going to get enough targets that even if he's a little bit less efficient on a per-target basis, and even if he doesn't score a touchdown, which you wouldn't necessarily expect from him as a slot receiver anyway, I think he's going to end up being a tremendous value. So Davis and Renfro, those are kind of my two building blocks that I would use in, in DFS this week. Meanwhile, let's go position by position and give you a couple of options. At quarterback, I really like Deshaun Watson this week, more than a $1,000 surplus in both platforms. Uh, Obviously, it's been a slow start to the season, but I think that's really been schedule-related more than anything else. So far, he's faced three top 13 DVOA defenses in the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers, in particular the Ravens and Steelers. The Ravens are 10th, but I think they'll probably be better Going forward, the Chiefs are probably skewing that early season result. Uh, Meanwhile, the Steelers are third and were one of the top few last season as well. So very tough schedule so far. Things get much easier this week against the Vikings, who were 19th in DVOA so far. And then possibly more importantly, Watson returns home playing in the Dome in Texas. He has uh, He's averaged 2.4 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road uh, since 2017. He's a top 10 quarterback of the current starters in terms of home road split. So I think that's a big boost there. And as mentioned, the Vikings, top five booster of completion percentage and passing yards per attempt for quarterbacks. 
really struggling without some of their bodies in the secondary as they were uh, trying to deal with some salary cap woes this season. So I think this could be a big game for Watson, and I'll circle back to one of his receivers in a bit as another potential value. But sticking with the quarterback theme, I also really like Matthew Stafford as a value this week. Not quite as, as extreme, but I have him as an $800 surplus in DraftKings and $750 surplus in FanDuel. He's also at home in the Dome. The Domes generally boost quarterback production. I think it's about 7% for completion percentage, 7% for yards per target, and 14% for touchdowns per target. Uh, Stafford himself has averaged about one fantasy point more per game at home than on the road in recent seasons. Uh, He draws the New Orleans Saints. That's a team that I really would have thought would be better defensively than they've shown so far. But at least so far, they're just 21st in DVOA pass defense. They've allowed eight passing touchdowns to Tom Brady, Derek Carr, and Aaron Rodgers over the first three weeks. Uh, obviously, those are some pretty good quarterbacks, but Stafford's a really good quarterback too, so I think this could end up being a good matchup. And as I'm calculating and projecting things now, I had the Saints as increasing passing touchdowns per attempt for quarterbacks by 31%, top three in football. So I, I'm pretty happy to use Stafford here, getting his number one wide receiver Kenny Galladay back last week who looked good. I think this is a pretty good value spot as well. Meanwhile, if you want to reach a little bit deeper, I think rookie Joe Burrow has a good value playing at home against Jacksonville this week. Uh, the, the Jaguars are a tremendous value for, for any quarterback. They're a top two booster of completion percentage, passing yards per attempt, and passing touchdowns per attempt. But more importantly here for the Bengals, I think you're going to see a real matchup situation with them based on how good the pass rushes are of their opponents. That was a big issue for them against the Eagles last week, who were a top five team in adjusted sack rate on defense. But the Jaguars are a bottom five team, just a 3.6% adjusted sack rate so far this season, which I think meshes well with the Bengals' fourth highest 9.5% adjusted sack rate on their offensive line. So I think Burrow probably will be in a little bit less distress this week, even though he's handled it very well as thrown just one interception this season. I think his fantasy prospects definitely improve without having the constant pressure in his face. Okay, moving forward to running backs, there are a couple of guys here that I want to highlight. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being the first of the, the Kansas City Chiefs. In particular, a value in DraftKings, I have him at $1,300 surplus at $6,400 there. He's a bit more expensive in FanDuel at $7,400, but still like him as a $700 surplus in FanDuel. He's at home against the New England Patriots this week. The Patriots aren't necessarily a good matchup for running backs, and in particular, they've been bad for touchdown scoring for their opponents. They're the number one decreaser of touchdowns per carry. But I think that really tells you a lot about the game script more than anything else for most of their opponents, where a lot of teams fall behind the Patriots and are forced to throw the ball to try to catch up. The Chiefs may be in a little bit different of a situation here at home against them, given their explosive offense. So I think you're mostly just looking to get in close for a chance to score a touchdown. And with Edward Solaire, he hasn't really scored a lot this season, just the one rushing touchdown, but he has 3.8 opportunity adjusted rushing touchdowns and actually has the biggest shortfall at the position of negative 2.8. Based on Mike Clay's research, more often than not, the running backs that have an extreme shortfall bounce back. And even if Edward Solaire hasn't had a lot of luck punching it in near the goal line so far this season, that isn't really an indication that he doesn't have the skill set. That's really more of a luck-based thing than a skill-based thing. So I'm looking for Edward Solaire to bounce back. He's had a ton of touches in the first three weeks, so I feel very confident in him as a top-10 running back, and I think he's being a little bit undervalued based on that so far in the, in the DFS platforms. Meanwhile, we have Josh Jacobs. Another value that's a little bit more extreme in DraftKings that got him an $1,100 surplus there, just a $100 surplus in FanDuel, where he's $8,000 salary. 
playing that Buffalo Bills matchup again, also not a great one necessarily for running backs, um, although a little bit of a booster for touchdowns per carry to the position. But I think this is more an issue of just a different perception of what the general value is of Jacobs for us at Football Outsiders versus maybe the public perception. The real key here is that at the start of the season, we expected Jacobs to more than triple his receptions total. He had 20 last season. I think we were projecting 61 or two uh, to start the season. And that was based on both his skill set that he showed in college and things John Gruden said about how he wanted to increase his, his opportunities to see receptions this season. And so far this season, he has 10 receptions through three games, which puts him on a prorated pace for 53, very close to that tripling that we suggested. So we're definitely feeling confident that Jacobs is, belongs in the top 10 among running backs, maybe close to the top five at the position. And just seeing at DraftKings that he's only $6,800 this week, I think that really tells you that he's not really being given the full respect of the player that we expect him to be. So take advantage of that while you can and DraftKings in particular this week. Next up, wide receivers. A couple of these guys kind of pair up with the quarterbacks that I mentioned, starting with Kenny Galladay, a $700 surplus in DraftKings at $6,000. Actually, a slight shortfall, a negative $200 surplus uh, at a $7,300 in, in FanDuel. So definitely rely on him more in DraftKings this week at home against the Saints. For number one wide receivers specifically, the Saints have been a top 10 defense in defending them. But I think that there may be a little bit of reluctance here with, with Galladay with the DFS prices, him coming back from missing the first two weeks with a hamstring injury. But last week he came back and had six catches for 57 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. I thought looked really good. And there may be another player here with Galladay that we're just a little bit higher on than the public consensus. We actually projected him as the number one touchdown scorer among wide receivers at the start of the season before he suffered that injury. And last season, he led wide receivers with 11 receiving touchdowns. Definitely has the body for that type of work. Gets a lot of uh, red zone targets. Had one last week and scored on it. So I think there's some, some serious value there. I mentioned Fuller, too. The matchup is more clearly in his favor. Um than it would be for, for Galladay. The Vikings are the number one booster of wide receiver one completion percentage and top 10 booster of receiving yards per target and receiving touchdowns per target. So with Fuller being the, the number one wide receiver for the Texans, he's a $550 surplus in DraftKings and 700 in FanDuel. The real question here is whether Fuller is going to be healthy enough to go. As of Wednesday, he seemed totally fine, but on Thursday, he popped up on the injury report for the team, dealing with a reported hamstring injury. Obviously, those have been big issues for Fuller um, in recent seasons, so it's something you definitely need to monitor heading into the game on Sunday. And I would say that if he ends up being limited or out, Kenny Stills would suddenly become potentially an option for you in deeper formats, maybe as a tournament play in DFS, and sort of same deal there with uh, Brandon Cooks as well although that may damage my, my love for Deshaun Watson a little bit. So we'll just have to kind of monitor the news there. For somebody that's a little bit easier to, to, to deal with over the week, DJ Moore, I have him in particular as a DraftKings value, $550 surplus and $5,600 salary there. He's a little bit of a value shortfall on FanDuel. With Moore, he hasn't scored a touchdown this season, and I think that's really damaging the perception of him. People think that Robbie Anderson is the number one receiver for the Panthers, but at least by target share, that isn't true. Moore has a 25.5% target share so far this season. That's the ninth highest of all wide receivers. And he has 239 receiving yards, which puts him on a full season pace for 1,275. There's nothing at all wrong with those numbers. So I think if Moore had one touchdown, we wouldn't be having this discussion. But that, that sort of lag in public perception is giving him a little bit of a window for value, in particular in DraftKings this week. And so it kind of opens the door again for a little bit of a Panther stack if you're interested in, in making that little risky play for your tournament plays. 
Meanwhile, Jarvis Landry, my last wide receiver value, he is valuable both in DraftKings and FanDuel, $600 surplus in both platforms. He's on the road, which you don't necessarily love for a slot receiver, but playing the Dallas Cowboys, a tremendous matchup. They're a top five booster of receiving touchdowns per target for both number two wide receivers and slot receivers. And with Odell Beckham potentially dealing with an injury as well, it seems like Landry could get a ton of targets this week. The Cowboys have just been increasing the number of pass attempts in all of their games for them and their opponents so far this season. So, yeah, I think it's a a tremendous matchup here for Landry. Moving on to tight ends for the close. Got three guys for you here. First with Dalton Schultz, $400 surplus at DraftKings at $4,300, $600 on FanDuel at $4,900. As part of that Cowboys game, he's at home against Cleveland, so gets the dome bump. Cleveland is a tremendous matchup for tight ends, in particular boosting their receiving touchdowns per target by 60%. That's the sixth most in football. So far this season, the Browns have allowed three touchdowns to tight ends, two of them to Mark Andrews, one of them to C.J. Uzoma. And then in December in five games last season, they allowed four touchdowns to tight ends, again two to Mark Andrews, and again one to Uzoma, but also even one to Dan Arnold of the Cardinals, who barely gets any targets at all. They really haven't had a lot of tough tight ends that they've faced over the last eight or so games. Andrews has been the main guy, and he scored four touchdowns against them. So I think Schultz is sort of taking over that target share that used to be Jason Witten's and in the beginning of this season used to be uh, Blake Jarwin's. Now getting a ton of work, I think he's probably going to score a touchdown this week, and it's a good value for you in DFS and in regular leagues. Next up, Drew Sample. $1,000 $1,000 surplus in DraftKings at just $3,500, a little bit more expensive at $4,700 in FanDuel, but still see him as a $500 surplus. So last week, he played 89% of the, the Bengals' offensive snaps on which C.J. Uzema went down for the season, so that was good to see, but he had just one reception on one target, so not a ton of value, but again, kind of backing up in what I mentioned earlier about the pass protection issues for the Bengals. He was in there blocking a lot, especially against that fearsome Eagles front. I think things will be much easier against the Jaguars, who don't really rush the passer to the same extent. That may allow Sample to run a few more pass routes this week and become more of a value for you in fantasy formats. And in particular, the Jaguars are a tremendous value or opponent for tight ends to face. They're the number one increaser of of tight end receiving yards per target and the number two booster of receiving touchdowns per target at the position, more than a 100% boost there. So even if Sample only gets five or six targets this week, he could score a touchdown, which would make him a tremendous value at his inexpensive price tag. And then to close things out, we have Logan Thomas, tight end for the Washington football team. Hasn't really done a lot so far this season but does have a 24.2% target share that's the second highest among all tight ends behind just Darren Waller. So I expect things moving forward could change. He probably just needs to score a couple of touchdowns, and then he'll be one of the more valuable tight ends of the position. And there's a tremendous value at just $3,500 in DraftKings. I see him as a $1,000 surplus, and at $4,900 salary, he's a $400 surplus in FanDuel this week. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's episodes of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you also subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. Meanwhile, come back next Tuesday morning to hear all of my favorite, um, most interesting waiver wire pickups for Week 5. Thanks so much, and I'll plan to talk to you then.